0: The health scare train made a pair of stops in New York yet again. We will look at one of the more interesting position battles that's shaping up and consider if some rounds are better for drafting pitchers than others. Like Duff and Taxes, Dodgers a Dodger. I that have that not me? had the uh, three cold brews yet. Uh, got ahead of me on uh, my, my caffeine question, so glad, glad to know that there's been some uh, caffeination in your life. I'm just glad three, I am not at the dentist.
1: Fantasy in 15 on the Athletic Podcast Network.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball on 15 for Thursday, February 27th. I'm Al Melbure and I am here with Michael Beller. And it would be nice, Michael, to be able to talk about something other than the Yankees and the Mets and their various health woes. But that's not what the news has given us today.
1: No, it's not. The, uh, the, The city's so nice, we have to go back to it twice to talk about injuries in the same week.
0: That's right, and both teams too, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with the, the headline news here. Giancarlo Stanton, uh, he sustained a grade one right calf strain during uh, some outfield work that he was doing on Tuesday. Uh, that report coming to us from uh, James Wagner of the New York Times. He's going to have to rest that calf for probably a couple of weeks, possibly even more. That obviously puts his opening day, opening day status into question. And so it seems appropriate, Michael, to revisit the question that we've asked on this show uh, pretty recently. But in regards to Aaron Judge, uh, but now the, the shoe's sort of on the other foot here, when Judge came down with his cranky shoulder... We said, well, who's really the better bet then this year, Judge or Stanton? And you know, I think it was DVR and I had talked about it, and we kind of said, well, they're they're kind of on the same level at this point. So now with Stanton now hurt, and Judge possibly on the way back, ready to play group, Grapefruit League games, possibly as soon as next week, has this situation flipped? Who at this point would you rather have?
1: Yeah, even when... Stanton was the one who was totally healthy. I would have still have rather had Judge. It just doesn't seem like the shoulder is that much of an issue for Judge. And it's his right shoulder, too. So throwing an issue, but back shoulder, not his lead shoulder for a hitter. We're much more concerned about that lead arm. A left wrist for a righty, a left shoulder for a righty. This is a right shoulder issue for Aaron Judge. Now maybe there's uh, some DHABs open for him, depending on what happens with Giancarlo Stanton's recovery, so uh, for me, Judge is the better bet. Uh, I liked him better coming into the season to begin with. Uh, uh, The power for both is immense. I mean, they are obviously similar players in what they bring to the table from a fantasy perspective. I just have a slight preference for Judge, all things being equal. So now that Stanton has what seems to be the more significant injury and is also behind timetable-wise where Judge is, this one's pretty easy for me. I'm going to take Judge 10 times out of 10 if I have that opportunity.
0: All right. Well, let me frame this a little bit differently here because already, you know, we're just a few days into uh, exhibition games and I'm just getting weary of the injury news and, and particularly with the Yankees. And, you know, these are both players that I think it's fair to say are injury prone. So, you know, maybe if we just say, all right, well, within the second or third week of the season, maybe all of this spring training stuff is going to be sort of washed out. You're going to have Aaron Judge. You're going to have John, John Carlos Stanton. And again, I'm just speculating here. That might not be the case at all for either player. But if it is, do you, do you think one is a better bet just in terms of playing time? Forget performance. Is one a better bet in terms of playing time than the other?
1: Gosh, that's a good question. I think, you know, I think Judge is. I, I feel like. Man, it's hard. You you, you go to the injury-prone thing, and I think we have to say it's true for both of them, maybe even more so for, for Judge, right? Just because two of three seasons in the league, he has missed significant time. Stanton at least has a couple of basically full seasons under his belt, so percentage-wise, maybe you're a little bit more concerned about Judge, but... Man, I don't see the Yankees ever putting Stanton in the outfield. You know, especially he's already dealing with an injury. To me, this feels like DH or nothing. Maybe when they go to an NL park, they'll put him out there for two out of three games in a series, but otherwise it just feels like every plate appearance he gets is going to be as a DH. Uh, it's for, for judge, at least, you know, he's going to be out there when he's, uh, when he is, when he's healthy. So I guess I lean toward judge in this one, but again, I mean, it's remarkable how similar these guys are in, in almost yeah. every single way. Right. It's a, they're, <laughs> right. They're clones. They're the, they're the Spider-Man meme of, uh, of <laughs> major league baseball. So, and, and really in every way you slice it. So, Again, I lean Judge here, but I don't have a strong lean one way or the other on these two in, cur- in terms of playing time.
0: All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the other side of town here uh, with the Mets. Now, we talked a little bit about the JD Davis situation on uh, the last episode of the podcast because that's when we first got the report that uh, he had been scratched, and uh, or actually, I don't know if it was an issue. He was scratched, but he sustained the injury trying to make a defensive play uh, with his shoulder and that he was going to have an mri on wednesday uh we have the mri results and they're a little bit odd (laughs) he uh mostly good but but sort of odd in that uh the the mri did show that there was inflammation it showed there was an old injury that davis didn't even know about a labrum tear which is hard for me to wrap my head around (laughs) but he's saying he didn't even know he had the injury but there's no new injury there and uh, he's going to rest for a few days and that's obviously one we'll need to keep tabs on, but it sounds like there's maybe not a long-term impact here for J.D. Davis.
1: Yeah, it does. So, uh, you know, uh, Bullet Dodged, uh, one of the few uh, that you would expect for a team like the Mets to dodge, right? This seems like a team that is always getting in its own way or just having bad luck befall it. But uh, this one does not seem to be anything too serious. Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye over it uh, for the next few days, the next few weeks. But uh, I would say it is safe to treat J.D. Davis today the way you were uh, a couple of days ago before this injury surfaced, and this is a guy who people are excited about, Al. 22 homers last year, slugged 527, uh, 369 OBP. I think there's good reason to be excited about him. There was always plenty of power. Uh, You go back over his entire professional career, uh, spent mostly in the Astros system. The power was always there. I don't think this guy was a creation of the juice ball environment in 2019. So uh, I think there's good reason to be excited about J.D. Davis and hopefully uh, this uh, mystery labrum tear uh, that uh, that was just there beneath the surface, literally and figuratively. Uh, is something that doesn't cost him too much time. He's ready to go because I do think that he could be uh, a real fun player for fantasy and for real life this year.
0: Yeah. And I agree with that. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about him both just in terms of a potential playing time crunch and now more recent or more recently in terms of this injury, but there's a part of me that certainly is rooting for him. And then there's the part of me that already owns Dominic Smith in a league (laughs) and saw that news. And, uh, you know, thought, well, maybe there's an opening or more of an opening now for Dominic Smith. So then just as, you know, it's been a real roller coaster ride for me because just as we got this news about Davis, then there was also an item on Brandon Nimmo uh, and he was scratched from the Mets game on Wednesday in order to receive additional cardiac screening. And according to Anthony DeComo of MLB.com, Uh, Mets manager Luis Rojas said that the tests were precautionary and relatively routine. So read into that whatever you will. I think you can read into that whatever you want because it is very vague. And, you know, these are the kinds of statements that we get from teams uh, that oftentimes are later contradicted or, um, you know, maybe confirmed. Or, you know, it's it's sufficiently vague that really you could read just about anything into it. So uh, we'll just circle back to the question. It seems like I'm asking over and over. Uh, about this Mets outfield situation. Does anything change here with the news, not only on J.D. Davis, but now on Brandon Nimmo?
1: You know, I, I, because we have so little to go on, I, I don't think we should be reading too much into it. I think we should. We think we have to proceed uh, with business as usual. Um, you say the, the the playing time crunch, and I think that's really the biggest thing to consider. Uh, even for Davis, as bullish as I am on him, even for him, I think the only guy who we can be certainly safe on is Michael Conforto. Uh, but with Nimo, JD Davis, uh, Jake Marisnik, maybe they figure out a way to get Jed Lowry in the lineup. And obviously, they're going to figure out a way to get him in the lineup, whether that's in the outfield or in the infield and bumping someone else into the outfield. Um, there is going to be uh, a lot of moving parts, I think, on this team. But that's also seeming to become the norm um, in, in a, with a lot of teams, yeah. right? I mean, we've, how many times have we already talked about playing time concerns and how many different teams have we talked about? Rays, Cardinals, there's so many teams that we see. A's, another one, right? Yep. So many teams that we seem to be talking about in this way. Um, so it's getting to a point where playing time concerns aren't at the level of concern that they used to be. There's going to be a lot of guys, I think, who you are comfortable relying on who end up logging you know, 450 plate appearances, and you're not totally uh, dying over the fact that not every single regular in your fantasy lineup is getting 550-plus trips to the plate. So that's another way that I think we can sort of just take a breath on all these Mets outfielders, let the next couple of weeks of spring training play out, and then we can circle back and hopefully have a clearer picture of what's happening there.
0: Well, I think you make an excellent point there. And one that I probably need to keep in mind a a little bit more often is that with the, I think the increased usage of the super utility, in fact, nobody's a utility player anymore. Everybody's super utility, (laughs) but, but, but yeah, I think there is more of a pattern of teams going with, you know, four outfielder rotations and, you know, the, the Marwan Gonzalez type of player or uh, Ben Zobris that, you know, can play everywhere and plays almost every day. So, uh, yeah, we don't have to necessarily stress over there being duplication at a particular position, you know, like left field for the Mets. I think what worries me there is that it's – you can you can um, kind of relax if there's one player that's out of the picture potentially, but when you got two or three, when you've got mm-hmm. Cespedes and Davis and Smith and um, Lowry, uh, you know, I think you're talking about multiple players there that um, – Rojas is going to have to find playing time for so that's why that one's going to be one to to keep on watching and same deal by the way let's switch to pitching here with the Cardinals rotation where we've uh, got a lot of candidates I mean I think the focus has been largely on Carlos Martinez and just from accounts I've read and maybe this is my filter and my interpretation but I, I feel like it's almost been reported or set up that Martinez it's sort of like his job to lose but we had three contenders pitch in the, the last couple of days, and um, two of them, at least, got got off on the right foot. Uh, Austin Gomber, pretty nice outing after a uh, a lost 2019 season uh, against the Nationals on Tuesday, went a couple of innings, did give up a run, but pretty encouraging for him. And then that same game, Alex Reyes came in relief and was only able to get get one out and gave up a couple of runs. So, obviously, he's still an exciting uh, pitcher and somebody who has tremendous upside. But, you know, that first initial step was not a super encouraging one. And then on Wednesday, a, a terrific outing, and the first one for Kwon Hyun-kin, uh, two perfect innings against the Marlins. The juggernaut Marlins were now 5-0 and <laughs> 0, uh, with three strikeouts. Print so, those
1: March banners for these guys, or February <laughs> banners. <laughs>
0: you know, so... Uh, I can't stress enough and I'll probably stress it dozens of times between now and opening day but we can't really put stock too much into uh spring training numbers but when there is a position battle it's something to keep an eye on you know not after somebody's pitched two innings but you know it's a building block it's something to watch so I don't know this one's pretty interesting and I I think if I were Uh, speculating on on Carlos Martinez, I I
1: think I'd be a little nervous. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you entirely, Uh, especially since they've had success with him out of the bullpen, right? It feels like even though there's still a ceiling and there's still something that – The Cardinals understandably want to chase with him that it's almost like his previous bullpen experience and success could work against him as a starter because they'll be like, all right, well, we know what he can do as a reliever. Uh, If this, this just isn't working out, we can throw him back in the bullpen and make him a weapon in that way. So I would be concerned about that too. The one guy who really uh, is intriguing to me is Austin Gomber, just because you try to put yourself in the mind of, of a front office and of a, of a coaching staff, they got to want Gomber to succeed. And that sounds, I, I guess, sort of trite. They want everyone on their team to succeed, right? Of course. But just because of everything that this team has invested in Austin Gomber, a guy who's been part of the organization since what the, the middle of this decade and I guess middle of the last decade, uh, whatever that might be, and, and going into now a season where he really does have an opportunity to break into the rotation, i got to believe that if you injected them with truth serum and said if you had your druthers, Who would win this job? Who would get it? I would be willing to bet that Gomber would be the answer. So he's the one who intrigues me more than any of the rest. And, man, Al, you run through this, I think there's some sneaky bad potential. And not in a fantasy perspective, but I think this Cardinals team might struggle this year.
0: They always seem to find a way, though. They do. uh, They do. Famous last
1: words for a baseball
0: analyst. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, and then just, you know, one more angle to this story is that if Carlos Martinez doesn't get a rotation spot, then all the folks who are counting on Giovanni Gallegos uh, to get saves, Mm -hmm. then that's, you know, not great for them either. So... Definitely uh, a fun uh, and interesting and sort of a nail-biting position battle to keep track of. So uh, let's head on over to our featured read. This one's a really interesting one from Michael Salfino, of course, from The Athletic. A card-counting-inspired sliding dollar value guide on whether to draft a hitter or a pitcher in any given pick. So very descriptive and apt title uh, for Michael's piece. And the I can't really do do it justice in uh, you know basically about the one minute that we have left here but you know the basic idea is that if you look at the value the average value achieved by players in different you know draft positions um, that can tell you whether it makes more sense to pick a hitter or a pitcher in a particular spot. I'm just going to say that makes me really nervous. I know people who draft that way where they, you know, they look for a third baseman in this round and a starter in this round and so on, and I've never drafted that way. It makes me nervous, but it's, it's some interesting research from from Michael, so uh, I at least have to give it some thought.
1: Salfino is always worth a read. He's always a, a guy who's you know thinking on the fringes and thinking on the margins and where you can find the minuscule value that could actually make a difference. So agree with him or no, I definitely recommend reading this one.
0: Absolutely. So on that note, we're going to wrap things up here for today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off a subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball in 15. And everything that we do is part of that subscription. So if you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would certainly appreciate it if you took the time to do that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker, and we will be back here again on Friday.